And you just pray the Lord would help us this morning. Verse one, the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, watch this phrase, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, watch this, that was made wine, knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. He saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when he hath well drunk that which is, that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, just asking that you'd touch and that you'd move in the service today. God, I openly admit this morning that I need your help. God, I pray that you'd touch us to preach the word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd go out into the congregation, Lord, that you'd touch the hearers, touch their hearts. God, I pray that you'd do a work in our midst. Lord, I pray that you'd help with our obedience today unto you. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us together as a church and as individual Christians. Lord, that we could serve you better this coming week than we did this past week. Bless us and do that as only you can in our midst. Lord, don't allow this just to be another service. But God, I pray some life-changing, eternal eternal things would be decided, Lord, done here in the service today. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I want us to look together this morning at these verses here in John chapter number two. And I want to I want to draw your attention today on that phrase, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. So we're going to deal with that phrase here in just a little while. But before I get into that phrase, and I mentioned this last week, and I'll, I'll talk to you a, bit, a minute, just a, again a minute about it this morning, and that is the kind of wine that Jesus makes. I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's a lot of people that use this story, and it's a shame we almost can't talk about this story anymore, because there's so many ungodly people that want to make Jesus into a bootlegger out of John chapter number two. I'm going to tell you, Jesus was no bootlegger. Amen. And uh, he, uh, what the wine that Jesus made, I'll say it this way, uh, was non-intoxicating wine. Amen. It did, I'll guarantee you this, Jesus didn't make anybody drunk. Uh, Jesus didn't make anybody sin. Amen. Uh, and he did not create intoxicating wine. As a matter of fact, I want you to think about this. Uh, the miracle that Jesus did here uh, was a miracle of time. What do you mean? Well, he sped up the process of time. 
You see, every year the Lord makes water, Brother Neil, into wine. Does that every year and been doing it for all, all these many decades. He makes water into wine. You say, how's that, preacher? Well, he clouds up the sky and makes the raindrops fall. The ground soaks it up. And then the grapevine takes that water up into the grapevine. And then it nourishes those, uh, those vines. It nourishes those leaves. And then uh, when it gets springtime, it starts to bud out and bring forth. And along comes time, see, Brother Martin. And along about fall of the year, there hangs those grapes. And the Lord has done a miracle. He's turned water into wine. That is the fruit of the vine. Well, here we see the Lord speeds the miracle up. And we'll, we'll talk about that today and how that he made water into wine, a miracle he does every year, that he sped the process up in order to make things happen in the miracle that's before us. I want us to talk this morning about having God do a miracle in your life. I believe in a miracle working God. He'll say amen with me right there. I believe in a miracle working God. I believe in an all powerful God. I, I believe that we serve the same God today that was, ta- was talked about right here in John chapter number two. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I need the miracle working power of God at, at play in my life. There's times when I need God to step in, Brother Dennis, and do what only God can do. Amen. And so we need this and we need it in our life. But how are we going to have it happen? How are we going to have God step into a situation that seems impossible and work something out for us in our lives? I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm preaching to somebody. You're facing an obstacle. You're facing something that seems insurmountable. You're facing something that seems like there's no way it can work out. And what you need today is you need God to get into your circumstance. You need God to get, amen, get into your situation and work a miracle that only God can do. Let me give you this encouragement this morning. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Let's look together at this miracle today. Number one, we'll talk about the place of the miracle. Think about the place that this miracle happened. Cana of Galilee. Uh, Let's talk about it in regards to chronology. Uh, We see that it's the third day. Uh, And the Lord is very specific. He lays it out. Uh, uh, Brother Neil, and the third day is the first verse of chapter two. And the third day, and that is the day after Nathaniel's calling of chapter number one, and it's very orderly, and it's a very methodical thing, but it is the third day. Let, let me just let me just say something about that real quick. I'm glad for the third day, because I know what the third day represents. Hallelujah. I'm glad for the third day. So there is this in chronology how that it works out. But then not only that, how we see that it happens, thank God it's the first miracle. Amen, he didn't do any before this. I don't believe anybody that says the Lord worked miracles when he was a child. He didn't do any of that. This is his first miracle and it happens at a wedding. Amen. So the Lord, with his very first miracle, puts a stamp of approval on marriage. Mm, Let me say this. It was a woman and a man getting married. 
Amen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get off on that, or I'll preach all day on it. But it was a woman and a man to get married, and so we see that there's this practice. This people. Let me say, whoever this whoever this couple was, they must have been pretty good people because they sure had some fine wedding guests. They'd invited the Lord and His mother and the disciples, and that's the most important thing that could ever be in a marriage is the Lord. Amen. And so they've invited Him up there. So we see its place in regards to when it happened. Then we see its place in regards to the community in which it happened, Cain of Galilee. Now I began to think about this, Brother Neil. If, I, if I'd have been the Lord, thank God I ain't, but if I'd have been the Lord, I'd have thought, well, it's time to do my first miracle. I'm gonna go up to the palace and stand before Herod, do a miracle. Or maybe I'm gonna go down to the temple and stand before the rulers and do a miracle there somewhere that'll get really a lot of attention uh, where people see it and know what it is that I've done uh, but the Lord didn't do that you see Cain of Galilee I'm about to run and shout Cain of Galilee is just a little old hole in the wall uh, a small place uh, amen middle of nowhere uh, amen that the Lord decided uh, to do his very first miracle uh, there at a little wedding feast uh, in a little nowhere town uh, well aren't you glad this morning uh, that you ain't gotta be a big person in a great big city to see God do some great work. Yeah, man. I'm glad God passed by, I'm glad God passed by Pensacola every now and again. Amen. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, I don't know if you've looked around or not, uh, uh, but we're not exactly living in a metropolitan area. And I say thank God for that. Amen. But you don't have to live in New York City to see God do something. Uh, uh, you don't have to live in Los Angeles to see God do something. Uh, you ain't got to live in Atlanta to see God do something. Uh, I'm glad that right here, my friend, on the side of the road, uh, uh, the God of all glory, uh, uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, uh, I will walk and sit down in the church house right here uh, on the side of the road and do something miraculous. Uh, I'm glad he's no respecter of persons, uh, but he comes to the small places uh, and does great big things uh, in the small places. So we see that there's the place of the miracle. But then there's the problem of the miracle. Think about the extent of the problem. The Bible, it is reported here uh, that there is no wine. Now I mentioned this last week's message. It wasn't that they were getting low on wine. It wasn't that they had a little but not hardly enough. It was that they had ran out. They had no wine. Now wine is typical of joy, joy in one's heart, joy in one's life. Now I wanna ask you something, what happened to your joy? I'm just preaching a little while right here, and I don't, I don't never know where the, I don't never know where the Lord's going to have me camp out in a message. But I want to ask you what happened to your joy. How come it is that you used to have a smile on your face uh, and a testimony in your, on your lips uh, and a song in your heart, uh, but as of late, things seem flat. Uh, uh, things seem like they're not going like they used to. Uh, maybe it is uh, that you need a little joy put back in your heart. Uh, maybe it is that you, that you got no wine, no joy, uh, and no joy from the Lord. What happened to our joy? We see that he says there's no why? Not that there'd been a little bit and that was, uh, now that there's just a little more. No, there's, there's no wine. We see the extent of the problem. But now watch this. There's the expression of the problem. We see Mary's report to Christ. 
Let me say this to you this morning. If you've got a need, take it to Jesus. Oh, yes, he's always on one do thing about it anyway. You say, well, I'm gonna call my best friend and cry on their shoulder, and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell this one, and I'm gonna tell that one. Let me tell you, the only one to do anything about what the problem that you got uh, is to take it to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and to lay it at his feet. Uh, oh, my soul, uh, the times that I bowed at his feet uh, and laid a problem before him, uh, that was something that I couldn't handle. Uh, that was something that couldn't be handled. Uh, I lay it at his feet. I've witnessed in mine eyes uh, God do miracles in my life when I'd get to the end of myself and lay it at his feet. Oh, my soul, how they had to take it to the Lord. There's the report of Christ. I'm trying to get where I'm going. There's the rebuke from Christ. Oh, let me decide. Can I run a rabbit? Just one minute rabbit right here. Mary comes and brings the report. Jesus rebukes her for it. Well, that kind of puts a that kind of puts a, a cog in the wheel when it comes to the doctrine of Roman Catholicism and praying to Mary. Amen. Because apparently the Lord, uh, I didn't, uh, he didn't respect Mary's wishes any more than anybody else's wishes. Amen. Uh, and I believe the Lord put that verse right there in the Bible. Uh, uh, so we know that false doctrine of Roman Catholicism was not true uh, about praying to Mary. Amen. And so we see that there's the rebuke of Mary. But then we see there's Mary's rule. She looks at these servants and she says to them, whatsoever he saith, do it. Whatever he says, you do it. I'll say something to you this morning in the church house. Whatever God says to you to do will be the right thing to do. That's exactly right. God never has told me to do anything wrong. God's never led me in a way it didn't work out. Amen. Every time the Lord spoke in my heart, Brother Kevin, about doing something, it's always been the right thing to do. And so if there's an encouragement that I give you this morning, it'd be whatever he saith unto you, do it. Whatever he's speaking to your heart about this morning, do it. Whatever he's told you, do it. Now let's look at the precepts of this miracle. This is why I wanted you to preach. Look at the precepts of this miracle. Now this is what a lot of people don't know, don't understand or otherwise don't like about the miracle working power of God. And that is that there is a precept to it. And you see the Lord, before he ever worked a miracle, Brother Neil, he first gave a command. He was gonna have them do something before he was gonna do something. Tune in right here and listen to what I'm about to say. The Lord will never do what you can't do until you do what you can do. Let me say that again. The Lord will never do what you can't do until you do what you can do. Let me say that one more. The Lord will never do what you can't do until you do what you can do. You say, well, preacher, I'd like for the Lord to do this in my life. I'd like for the Lord to do that in my life. I'd like for, but what has he called you to do? What has he told you today? You see, you won't complain because God's not doing what you want done in your life, but all you're doing is sitting around. You've yet to do what God's called you to do. You've yet to do what God's told you to do. You're on a Christian welfare. That's what you want, amen. You want God to see every need without you having to turn over your hand in order to do it. That ain't how it works, friend. God will first require, Brother Billy, for you to do what you can do before he'll do what you can't do. I thought about, Brother Neil, I thought about building this building. 
how when the Lord laid on my heart and started to burden these men in this church about building this building, we could have sat up there on the hill and prayed, said, Lord, put a building in that field. God, put a building in that field. And we could have drove up here on Sunday, drove up on the hill on Sunday, right over there to the side of the hill and looked down and said, still no building. God ain't answered our prayers. Let's go and pray again. God, put a building in that field. Come back the next Sunday, run over there and look down here in the field, still no building. And we could have said, why hadn't God answered our prayers? God must not love us. God, no, that's not. See, God was going to answer our prayers. I bet he was first, bro. Bill going to require us to get down here and dig some footers. And then he sent in the money for the concrete. Amen. But then he was going to require us to pour the concrete. Then he sent in the money for the lumber. But he was going to require us to put the lumber up. You see, we had to do what we could do before God would do what we could not do. Oh, that's a principle. If you'll nail that thing down in your life, it'll help you. When God says to do it, you step out on faith and do what you can do. And then you step back and watch God do what you can't do in your life. So we first had to do what we could do before God do what we can't do. So it's always an association here with the command. Now watch this. We see the precepts in, uh, we see the, the people, the, the presence of precepts, but then we see the people in the precepts. They were enlisted people. So the Lord said, all right, I'm gonna do my first miracle. And you know what I did, Brother Neil? There was some folks around there that's just servants, just lowly servants. And he said, come here, I'm, I'm gonna use you. And I'm gonna use you. And I'm gonna use you. And he gathered up, he gathered up some lowly servants, Brother Dennis, around him. And he's going to use them lowly servants, Brother Billy, to work a grand miracle. Everybody says, boy, I want to do something for God. Boy, I want to be used to God. But you see, they want to be on a pedestal. How they want to be lifted up above everybody else and say, look at me and look what I'm doing. Look what I'm accomplishing. But that ain't the kind of people God uses. God uses those, uh, uh, my friend, uh, uh, that are uh, that have got a servant's heart. Uh, uh, they've been about their father's business, uh, and they just want to serve and they want to help. Uh, and the very I'm about to shout uh, the very first miracle that God uh, ever did. He used a bunch of lowly servants uh, in order to get it done. He said, "Come here now," uh, and he's going to use some servants, uh, and he's going to use those servants to get the miracle accomplished. Uh, I said, "Glory be to the Lamb of God." Uh, I'm glad he's in the servant using business. Watch this. I may not get no farther than this right here. Watch this right here. Never gave no names, Bobby. <laughs> Who did he use? Who did he use to do these miracles? I don't know. Bill, Bob, Sam, Joe, I don't know. They don't, but, but there ain't no names in this story. Now, <laughs> Brother Neil, if we'd have been writing it, we'd have, we'd have wrote that different. We said, and then the Lord called Neil McCurry. Then the Lord hollered at Bradley Boone. Then the Lord said to Marvin Norton, that that ain't how God recorded this story. He said, hey, there's some servants around. And he just, and the Mary looked at those servants and he said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. I'm trying to get this principle across to you this morning. You ain't gotta be a big name. You ain't gotta be a big, somebody said, I can't do nothing for God. Oh, yes, you can. 
or whatever he says unto you, I do it. Whether it be big, whether it be small, whether it be what you want to do or what you don't want to do, whatever he says unto you, I do it. You know what that's called? That's called obedience. You just do a little something and watch God do the rest. So Mary said, listen, said whatever he says, do it. So just simple, simple obedience. Now let me give you this right here. We see the perspiration involved. There's six water pots. I showed, I showed them to you last week. Six water pots, big old water pots. They said fill the water pots. I don't know where they got the water. I don't know if they draw it out of a well. I, I don't know. But I know that the water pots is empty. We talked about that last week. And they had to be filled. So I see them, Brother Billy. Now I see them. They go down and they get them buckets and they start down the path and they get them a bucket load, Brother Neil, and they come back up the path and there's water sloshing and spilling and they're pouring it in. You see it's taking, Brother Caleb, some perspiration. They're having to sweat. They're having to put in some effort. Everybody wants God to do something, but don't nobody want to have to do anything to see it happen. Amen. I'm telling you who God will use. Boy, I feel like preaching. He's a preaching spirit. Let me tell you who God will use. God will use people that just say, Lord, I'm a candidate for whatever you want me to do. And if it requires me to sweat and carry and grunt, I'll sweat and carry and grunt. I just want to see your work done. I want to see you pleased. I want to see you honored. I want to just do whatever you say. So they're walking up the trail, Brother Billy. They're walking up the trail. And there's a perspiration involved. Oh, let me just say this right here. Come here, Billy, come here. Come here, all you boys, lay the Bible down, come right here. I see this happening. These servants, get your buckets, boys, here we go. They're walking up the trail and they're pouring, they're pouring it in. Amen, hallelujah. I'll go and get some more. The Lord's called me just to get some water and carry some water back down to the well we go. We're dipping it up and here we come. And, and uh, okay, they don't seem to be carrying as much water as me, but that's all right. I, I got water and I'll dump her in here and, and I'll go back to the way. Hey, wait a minute. Now don't die, don't dump it like that. Wait a minute. Listen, no, let me tell you. Bring your bucket up here. Now you can carry more water than that. That's the SARS. Go back, pull that out. Now go back and get some more. Let's see how you've done. Yeah, that's terrible. Pour that out. I want them full now, full. You're, you can put yours in. God bless your heart. Hey, something wrong with them boys. That's a weirdo. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, that's badness right there, ain't it? Now we're in a fight. Let me have that bucket. Let me have your bucket. Bless goodness. I'm going to show you what I can do with a bucket. See, but that's how we, that's the problem that we have in serving the Lord. Watch this right here. All I ought to be worried about is my bucket. I'm going out here and get my bucket full. Boy, my bucket's full. Hallelujah. And then when I pass them boys, I'll say, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lay with it, boys. Hey, praise God. I got to put another bucket load in. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get back. Get. Amen, boys. Praise the Lord now. Let's get another bucket. That ought to be our service to the Lord. But we spend all our time going, how you pour your water? How come you ain't got no water? Lord, hey, carry as much water as I'm carrying. You know it's right, Lord. I'm carrying all the water in this jar. 
and you know it's the truth. All right, now watch this. Watch this. There's the perplexity in this thing. Watch this right here. All right, down to the well we go. We got our buckets. <laughs> Getting a little water out. Come here. Did you notice that, it, that we're carrying water? What's your bucket got in it? Water. Water. Come over here a minute. Let me talk to you about something. I think the Lord might have misheard us. Because Mary very clearly said we needed wine. And there ain't nobody's bucket got wine in it. Everybody toting water. That's a problem. They weren't out of water. But the Lord said tote water. Uh Uh-oh. Well, don't make no sense, see. It don't make no sense. What we, we, we don't need water. We need wine. So it's a crazy plan. Ain't it crazy? Ain't it crazy to be carrying water when what you need is wine? That's crazy. That don't seem to make no sense. But see, they were just doing, Gary, what Mary said. Whatsoever saith, do it. It's been a lot of times I've asked for wine, Brother Neil, and he sent me to the water hall. Yeah. I said, Lord, I, I was, all right then, Lord. We'll just get some water. Come on, boys, we get the water. And we see them carrying it back up. Uh, they're carrying it and they're pouring it. They don't understand it. We don't understand it, but we're doing it, Lord. It's perplexing. We don't understand what you're doing. Don't understand what you're doing in my life, Lord. But I'm just going, now I want to ask you a question. What if they'd have stopped halfway? What if they'd have got together and said, all right, now it's the meeting of the water carriers. I'm tired. You tired? You tired? You, me too. And we're just, let's just go tell the Lord we're done. We ain't carrying no water. We're going on strike. Because it ain't water we need and this is hard work and Lord knows I ain't seen a, not another one of y'all carry a bucket of water. Bear, why ain't you carrying water? Hey, listen. Why ain't you, Kevin, how come you ain't carrying no water? Well, if, you, if Kevin ain't gonna carry, I ain't, I'm done. Bless goodness. I'll just quit. If that's, I mean, you ain't carried no water. What are you looking at? I've carried a bunch of buckets full. You ain't carried none. Backslid's what you are. <laughs> and if they'd have quit, what would have happened? They, the Lord would have used somebody else to have done the miracle, but they wouldn't have got to been a part of it. And some of you sat down and quit. Oh, yes. There's some of you that have sat down and Throwed in a towel, said there ain't nobody else doing nothing, so I ain't gonna do nothing. God didn't ask you to judge how much water everybody else is carrying. God said you get a bucket, go to carrying water, and you carry it till I come, and you do what I say, and whatsoever I say, you do it. Now watch this, don't sit down, boys, I'm use the whole service. We see the perplexity in this thing, but then we see the performing of it. 
Notice, if you will, the excellency of the performing. I see them now. Come on, boys. We're going back and get some more water. They've been filling pots and filling pots and carrying buckets and filling pots. And here they go. Y'all about to get in my way. Here we go. And they pour it in. And I see them say, oh, boy, it's almost full. Maybe your bucket. Mm, not hardly. We're going to need one more. Yeah, it's almost to the brim. Pour it in. Pour it in. Oh, look at that. We filled it to the brim. They didn't just barely do what the Lord said. They did. I want you to watch this right here. Look at the performance of this miracle. Man, I got a hold of this about three weeks ago and like to shout it myself to death. Watch this right here. The Lord didn't say, okay, everybody, now watch. Everybody look. Here we go. Are you about ready to see this happen? No, no. They poured that water, Brother Neil, and they got it full up to the brim. And then the Lord looked at them boys and he said, tell you what we're gonna do, boys. He said, take some up to the gut. They said, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, Noah. They said, wait a minute, Lord, water in that pot. I said, take some up to the gut. Now, now dip some out. He dipped it out, oh, it's wine. Just like that, the Lord had done a miracle. Now take some up to the gun. Now I want to show you something right here. And I may run and shout. You'll just have to get, I, yeah, I get right, right undignified and I get thinking about the inside. If I'd have been the Lord, I, I'd have said, now give me that and let me take this and look here. I'm going to take it up to the governor and he can see what I've done, but that ain't how Jesus works. How Jesus took them old lowly, them old lowly servants that had been trudging up and down the trail and making a path and sweating and putting the water in the, in the pots. He used them to disperse the wine. Brother Neil, last week I was sitting in my study minding my own business and the God of glory come in that place. And I had a thumbing through my Bible and on every page I was scribbling and I was writing and God was doing stuff and God was speaking to my heart and I seen God in a new way and I seen God in a new light. Oh, my soul. And boy, he filled me up and he allowed me to get the water pot full. And then you know what he did on Sunday morning? He allowed me to get to the water pot he had filled up and he had turned white and he had done all, he had done it all. He had done the miracle in it. But he allowed me to dip it out and bear it to you. You see, he used me as a servant to get to fill it up and bear it unto others. Amen. Say this to you. You say, I want the miracle work of the power of God. You have to carry some water first. Mm-mm-mm. You say, I want to be used to God. You're going to have to carry some water first. Yeah, man, that's exactly right. See, some of you just want to sit around and do nothing and then you want to see God work miracles in your life and do blessings and get to bear the wine out and get to do all these things. You want to be blessed to do all those things. You'll not get to do that till you first. Uh, I spent some time alone with God by yourself carrying some water uh, and doing what God, uh, yeah, man, doing what God has said to do uh, and toting some water and being obedient uh, and them that are faithful over a few things, Brother Neil, uh, God said he'd make to be rulers over many things. Uh, you can't bear the wine until you bore the water. Mm. We see the performance of this. Now watch this. The Lord never inserted himself at all. <laughs> he said, dip that out. The governor's got on a red coat. Get you some and take that to the governor. 
Get you, take that to the governor. Now watch this. Sitting next to the governor is the bridegroom. (laughs) He knows there ain't no wine. Here these boys come with wine. (laughs) And the governor of the feast takes him a drink. Take him a drink. And he says, mmm, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> he said, he said, mmm. He said, uh, what kind of trick y'all trying to play? Everybody holds, see, the Jewish wedding festival lasted weeks sometimes. And so they'd bring out that bad wine at the end, try to run everybody off. I may have told you that last week. But, he said, everybody saves their worst for last, but you've saved the best for last. Let me say this, maybe I'll get an amen or two right over here in this amen corner. That's how Jesus does things. He always saves the best for last. I don't think y'all heard me. I said he always saves the best for last. Yeah, man. And so they drink. Now watch this. It's the servants. God's using these servant boys. Oh my goodness. Every Sunday morning, you know what God allows me to do? He allows me, Brother Bob, to take my little dipper (laughs) and dip out of the wine that he's prepared and run all over the Concord Baptist Church. Say, have a drink. And then you know what? You know what some of y'all do? You go, oh boy, that's good, preacher. That's good. So after the service, you come up to me and you say, Preacher, that sure was good. God bless your heart. That was good. Now, of course it was good. The Lord made it. All I'm doing, Brother Marvin, is putting my dipper in the bucket and bring it out. You see, I've carried water this week, done some water carrying in my study, done some water carrying in my prayer place. And so on Sunday morning, God allows me to get up in front of y'all and take my dipper and dip out a little wine and let you have a little bit. It's the same way with you Sunday school teachers. It's the same way with you singers. You've put in the work this week. You've studied, carried the water. And on Sunday morning, the Lord says, now, I'm gonna let you take your little dipper and dip it in and give it out and give it out and give it out and give it out. Hey, have you ever thought about what a blessing it is just to be able to be used in the Lord's work? Now watch this. Y'all hang out right here just a second. Let me make sure I got this right. Look at the products of this miracle. Look at verse, y'all with me in verse 11. Y'all with me in verse 11. And the Bible said, verse number 11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth. Watch this. Watch this. Does it say he manifested forth their glory? Look at it close. No. It says it manifested forth his glory. <laughs> Watch this right here. I'm about to be done. These servants were servants when it started. They were servants when it's done. Nobody knew their name, Brother Gary, when it started. Nobody knew their name when it was over. They toted water, they got to bear the wine, but they didn't get none of the glory. He manifested, he, he manifested, Brother Brian, that miracle for his glory. God will use you. Listen to me now. I'm about done. I'm going to give an altar call. God will use you, but not if you want the glory. 
You ask my Bible college students, I've been teaching through the Old Testament and I'm showing them again and again, Brother Gary, the people that were ruined by pride. Do you know what? Adultery didn't ruin David. Pride did. Is that numbering of the people that was his life sin. It was sin of pride. Pride of key. Because God will share his grace, God will share his mercy. I'm gonna tell you, God ain't gonna share his glory with anyone. If you want the glory, if you want the pat on the back, you just get used to sitting around God not doing anything with you. But if you're willing to junk all that and say, I don't care who gets the credit, I don't care who gets the praise, I just want his name to be glorified, I want his name to be honored, I don't care if nobody knows me, I don't care if nobody knows what I've done, if I can honor the Lord, if I can glorify him, that's all I'm worried about. Y'all get with me right here. How many of y'all messed up this week? Amen. That's me right there, preacher. Amen. I messed up this week. You messed up this week. We all messed up this week. What I'm trying to say is you ain't nothing, I ain't nothing. Let's all get together and give God the glory. That's exactly right. These servants, when that water was made wine, they didn't say, now nah, look here, governor, look what we done. Look what we done. Oh, boy. Uh-uh, they just said, here's some wine. And they got to drink, and they said, we don't know where this come from. I'm gonna tell you, some servants that was in on the inside. Because the Bible said, but the servants knew. Amen. They knew who it was that made the water wine. They knew who it was that caused this miracle to happen. And it was him, thank God, and it caught the glory. Watch this, I'm done right here. They got the glory. Where's my Bible? They got the glory, but the disciples got the growth. Y'all with me in verse 11? Here we go, y'all ready ready for this? Watch this. Verse number 11, the Bible said, and his disciples believed on him. He manifested his glory, and when he manifested his glory, them disciples said, that's somebody, I can believe him. Me and Melissa's talking before the service, and she was telling me about a, a preacher that we both know that got caught for embezzlement this last week and arrested. Nobody around here, me and Melissa's probably the only two people in this building that even know who he is. All from here. He got caught this week for embezzlement, and he's in jail. And we was talking about, she told me that, and that boy, it smoked my heart. I didn't realize, I didn't know it happened. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about all the people to be disappointed, all those things, how it was gonna affect all those people, how terrible that is. But I'm gonna tell you something. That's what happens when we put too much confidence in man. Our confidence this morning hadn't ought to be in man, it ought to be in the throne room of God. And when, if we'll get together and give God the glory, you hang around and watch, God will give us the growth out of it. The more glory you give him, the more you'll believe on his name. The more glory he gets, the more you'll believe. And the greater your faith will be. If you'll give him glory, you'll, it'll help you to believe. So, the Lord got the glory, the disciples got the growth. I love it. I love it. And they go to singing. About that blessed Holy Ghost led me to the right. At the altar there I prayed, Jesus washed my sins away. Oh, I like it. 
And I start seeing people get up and move toward an altar. <laughs> Somebody said, there wasn't no preaching. No, but he was getting glory. And when he's getting glory, people start getting growth. And the Christian life's the strangest thing in the world. Do you know how you grow? You grow like this. John the Baptist said it this way. He said, I must decrease, but he must increase. I'll just get lower. And the Christian life's a strange thing. The lower you get, the more you grow. God is not looking. Listen to me now. Get ready to give it all a call. God ain't looking for a superstar. God's not looking for somebody to be the lead. God's not looking for somebody to knock it over the fence every time. I used to get all wrapped up in that stuff. I want to knock it over the fence every time. Oh, I'm going to bat. Watch this, buddy. Woo! Mm, I'm getting ready to crank this and out of the park. God ain't looking for the superstar. He's not looking for the one that knocks over the fence every time, Brother Howard. I'll tell you what God's looking for. He's looking for somebody like you. Just hurt. Brother David, he didn't look for somebody like you. Somebody just say, I ain't much, but Lord, you can have it. And when you do it, I'll give you the glory for it. Oh, I'm, Jonathan Edwards preached this message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. Had an eyesight problem. He was bashful, very, very bashful. Couldn't speak to people. That great message, sinner, sinners in the hands of an angry God. He preached that message in a building where there was some big posts in the building and they said that the people were gathered around that post by the time the message was done preaching, begging God not to drive them off into hell. I mean, son, he had, he just, God just all over. You know how he preached that message? Like this. He preached it with his back to the crowd and he read from his notes and because of his eyesight problem, he had to hold them up here like this and he read verbatim from his notes. You see what I'm saying? You ain't got to be good at it. God's not asking for an all-star. He just wants you. You say, well, it'd be better if God had used the person down the pew from me. That ain't who he wants to use. He wants to use you. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants to make something out of you. You say, I ain't a preacher. I didn't say God wanted to use preachers. Who said that these boys was preachers? Uh, you say, well, I ain't a Sunday school teacher. I didn't say God wanted to use Sunday school teachers. Uh, who said that these boys are Sunday school teachers? Uh, God's looking for everyday people that'll step up and say, here am I, Lord, send me, uh, and I'll give you the glory, and I'll give you the praise and I'll give you the honor and if you'll do that God will use you let's stand our feet Father thankful Lord for you helping us to preach your preaching it was your preaching thank you for your preaching God you gave me this message allowed me to carry a little water this week you turned it into wine and allowed me to bear it out this morning and I just want to take a moment and say, Lord, I am so grateful. I am so, I am so humbled. Lord, I don't deserve the opportunity to stand in front of these good people and declare your word. But God, you are faithful. 
who's called me into the ministry. Lord, I pray for folks across this congregation today. Lord, they stand in need. They want to be used. God, I pray that you'd fill these altars up this morning with some folks that just want to be servants and want to be used, want to carry some water and give you glory for it. I pray that you'd help us today. God, to be water carriers and glory givers. Help us today to be obedient. And whatever you say, do it. Bless us now as only you can. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Our head are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks moving all over the building. You say, preacher, this morning I'm a volunteer. Preacher, this morning I am a candidate. Preacher, this morning that's me. I just want to be used to the Lord. I don't care who gets the honor, who gets the glory. I don't care. I just want him to be honored. I want him to be gloried. I want him to get the glory. I want him to be, I want to point toward him. I don't care if my name's never known. I don't care if I'm, an, if I'm a nobody. That's all right. I just want to carry some water and be used. I just want to carry some water and be used. Oh, we need some water carry.